Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel one by one. We will be free of spoilers from future episodes, but spoiler alert for any past episodes that we have discussed. I'm Jason, and I hate that I can relate so much to those awkward car conversations. (laughs) And I'm Harrison, and Jason... You really hurt my feelings. You didn't. I'm sure I have at least once. Maybe. No, I'm trying to think back. No time that's been so memorable. So, <laughs> so if you ever did, I brushed it off pretty quickly. Uh, Jason, what episode are we watching today? We are watching Angel Season 2, Episode 16, Epiphany. Mm-hmm. This is when Angel basically hate fucks Darla mm-hmm. and after he throws one in her decides that he <laughs> oh wow well apparently three <laughs> after he throws three in her that's when he decides that hey I've been acting like a total douchebag I'm gonna try to make things right mm-hmm. and he takes his first steps mm-hmm. Epiphany was written by Tim Minear and directed by Thomas J. Wright and it originally aired on February 27th 2001 Intro. Jason. Harrison. You brought some booze today to I share. Did. Well, you've been uh, you've been using your meager supplies uh, <laughs> on me, um, and I'm like, you know what? I should just like take some of this booze that I have in my house over to the podcast. And um, it's one that uh, I was really excited the first time I brought it over. And, uh, you know, I'm still excited now. Uh, but it is the uh, Brothers Bond bourbon from uh, Stars of the Vampire Diaries, Ian Somerhandler and Paul Wesley. Um, they were actually just featured for the second time in, uh, uh, what was that magazine? Uh, it was... Um, is a uh, bourbon magazine. Um, hang on. I want to make sure I give them the... <laughs> give them the proper credit. Exactly. Credit where it's due and all that jazz. Yeah, it is like... It is a magazine that's called like... Uh, Cigar and Spirits. Ah. Yes, they recently had their second appearance in Cigar and Spirits. Um, and yes, they're both two very good looking men. Mm. And they make a pretty good bourbon. Yeah. Um, do you remember... Which episode it was that you brought this on the first time? Not at all. Yeah, me I just remember um, when it came in the mail, um, which was I'm pretty sure last year. Um, that I think the first taste I had of it was it was with your brother. Yeah, it was with my brother, and then the second taste I had with it was over here. Oh, well, I mean, I um. had to. It was made by two guys from a vampire show. I, ha- I have to bring it to booze and just, Buffy. You know, just it's just branding. That's really um, yeah. Yeah. Well, listeners, if anyone remembers which episode that was that Jason brought it on, uh, probably it would have been a season four episode. I think. Um, Sounds right. Um, I think it's more likely there's a season one episode of Angel because I mm. feel like with I, I feel like with season four. With season four episodes of Buffy, I probably would have made some snide remark about how, <laughs> God, I really need this bourbon to get through this episode, and I uh, don't remember that yeah. particularly. Yeah. Anyone who remembers, please let us know. 
Um, I, I would love, I'm, I'm not going to do the work to find out. <laughs> That's just, <laughs> we don't want to do the work today. Um, yeah, it's, it's 800,000 degrees here in Louisville listeners. I'm not doing anything I don't have to. <laughs> uh, all right. Toast us, Jason. Um, I actually don't, even though we're about, uh, halfway through, um, June, I don't think we've had a toast to pride month. We haven't. Um, so yeah, here is to pride month. Cheers. And all those who celebrate it. Sorry, I just like learned something. Um, the little girl, um, the little shark girl, is played by Leah Pipes. Her name sounds familiar. Who? Well, you're gonna know her off of uh, the Vampire Diaries and the originals. She plays a character named Camille O'Connell. It, she, it looks like she was a guest on the Vampire Diaries and then was a, oh. a major character on the originals. Oh, yes. Um, she, yeah, she, her Vampire Diaries episode had to have been the backdoor pilot for the originals. That makes sense. Um, God, it, I feel really bad because, like, I haven't watched Vampire Diaries or originals since I watched the 100th episode of Vampire Diaries, which was months ago because I've had so much other stuff to catch up on. Um, but yeah, Cammy. um... She is a. Uh, I think she's the uh, the human that Marcellus has a thing for. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was also see what I know her from specifically. I mean, she's she's been in a lot of stuff, but I um, know her specifically from the two thousand nine um, remake of Sorority Row, where she plays um, basically like the the bitch character. <laughs> Um, and she has my favorite line in the movie where they, they come across, they stumble across the dead body of their friend who had died like the year previously. And the, the other girls are screaming and they're like, oh my God, it's, what's her name? And Leah Pipes' character just, just says, oh my God, she looks terrible. (laughs) Um, yeah. And she was also in, uh, two, two episodes of Terror, uh, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, um, she was um, a. Is girl. she the girl that was actually from the future? No, 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 okay. that not her, but a, also a blonde person. <laughs> um, no, she was the girl who um, Cameron met uh, at like a teen shelter. Like Cameron had lost okay. her memories, and it's like, been a while since I've yeah. seen Sarah Connor Chronicles, so. and it's been very recently for yeah. me. I just recently watched all of it, um, so that's why it's just very so fresh. Before we do dive into the episode proper, I uh, should say that uh, we've been through some rough stuff these last couple weeks here on Booze and Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, five out of five. Our last two episodes have been five out of five, but. Uh, They've been drainers on the heart. Mm-hmm. So I am very happy to say that we're kind of turning the corner a little bit, at yeah. least in Angel. This episode um, was decidedly lighter than I thought it was going to be. It no, was still I, dark, I, but like... Yeah, I specifically remember like as soon, right after like the whole, oh, nothing means anything. Um, the After that whole thing, I'm like, okay, I s- distinctly remember the episode after that like he starts trying to get back together with the group and... Uh, it's it, it it's it's a lot lighter than, <laughs> than what came before, especially since we're also coming off the body too. Yeah, um, are we ever? But uh, yeah, so um, if you guys don't remember the last episode of Angel, 
ended with um, a very distraught angel who's found out that nothing means anything because evil is impossible to uh, completely eradicate. Um, and so he decides to uh, just say that nothing matters and has sex with Darla. Very violent sex. Mm-hmm. Um, he wakes up and very similar to the end of Surprise, it looks like he's about to lose his soul. He even is able to uh, get up, put some clothes on, and get out into the rain. <laughs> and um, Darla, however, was kind of hoping this would happen. She's like, yeah, yeah, just let it happen. Let it take over you. And uh, Angel um, stands up, and uh, and he's just like, I- I'm sorry. And she's like, uh, and he, he says stuff like, you saved me. And Darla looks at him and she's like, oh, like, you just need a fresh kill. Get the bitterness, the bitter taste of your of the soul out of your mouth or whatever. And um, but Angel just keeps apologizing. And that's when Darla realizes that Angel still got a soul. Still got it. Mm-hmm. So I really like this whole scene between the two of them. I do have to say I am not a fan of this bait and switch. I, it's the, oh, Angel's about to lose his soul. Oh, no, he didn't. Just feels manufactured for a cliffhanger. And, and it's fine because everything else in this episode is so good, including this, this scene. But it does make me wonder, like, well, if he wasn't losing his soul, what was all this shit about? Why are you being so fucking dramatic, they Angel? Seem, and I, I know that that's just... Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> they seem to, they seem to almost make it seem like that... He, um, sorry, like I'm getting texts from work and, oh. <laughs> and, and like, and it's getting in the way of my thought process. <laughs> they make it seem like that maybe his having sex with Darla has kind of a mystical effect that allows him to like have an epiphany. So whether you like want to say that there's an actual mystical effect or if it's just like Lauren says, um, absolute like waking up and just full of regrets yeah rock bottom Mm -hmm. actually that's so funny because last night we watched um uh the episode of it's always sunny entitled ptsd with d obviously being d-e-e and i don't know if you remember this one um it's fucked fucking dark episode um where d hooks up with this stripper um and he basically tells her like hooking up with you was like rock bottom for me and I need to like get my life together and um and uh like like you know get like like get sober and like reconnect with my daughter and all this and um through the episode Dee's like being very kind and supportive and helping him try to get his life together and sets up like this uh show for him to do at Patty's Pub where basically it there's a scene where the stripper is like the the main girl who's there he's like up on her like grinding and he's got like his hat over his face and then when they like look at each other the girl's like dad and the whole episode d had like manipulated him into basically grinding his dick in his own daughter's face and and even the rest of the gang are like oh my god what the fuck why would you do that? That's so evil. And she was like, I'll teach him to call me rock bottom. Oh, <laughs> boy. That is... 
That is a twisted. That show is a twisted sense of humor. Oh. That, like, you know, I, I used to equate it to, um, to like Arrested Development, um, just like in the fact, like, oh, this is like a fully dysfunctional group of people that you're supposed to love hating. Um, but uh, I feel like as It's Always Sunny grew and went on longer than Arrested Development did, famously, yes, <laughs> it um it. It just, it, it took so many dark turns oh, are, that the rest of development never could. Truly despicable yes. human beings. Um, but yes, Darla is Angel's rock bottom. Um, yeah. Um, and I think he handles it in a bit of a healthier manner. But yeah, and he he says that um, that once again she has saved him. Um, he first, like, I believe first he's referring to when um she turned him into a vampire mm-hmm. and now he's like oh i've i've done this and now i realize that i realize how far i've fallen and you know nobody likes to be <laughs> the rock bottom um I, I do believe like at least one person has told me that i was their rock bottom once oh no um, uh but you know she's in a better place so okay. good for her um no comment on me. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a nice thing to say to someone. Um, I mean, they didn't specifically use the words rock bottom, but more like, uh, oh, my, re- my thing with you helped me realize that this is where I need to be, which okay. wasn't me. <laughs> That's um, a little nicer, but... <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about our boy Angel. Um, and yeah, Darla, Darla's fucking pissed. Like she said, she goes into a rant about how, women, was it not good? Of course it was good. I've been on this earth for 400 years and even before then I got paid to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so I know it was good. We did it three times. I love her confidence. Yeah, I know. Love well, that for her. Well, she's like just... The, I feel like this is the most pissed that you've ever seen her. It's like, you can set me on fire, but if you say that I fuck bad, that's it. Yeah. That's the last straw. Setting me on fire is just foreplay. <laughs> no, this is actually you know, you know, we like insult. getting things hot and heavy. <laughs> um, but, uh, by the way, take a step outside in Louisville right now, and it'll feel like you're set on fire. <laughs> Oh, God, we need to move on from this scene. Yeah. Um, Darla, and Darla gets so pissed, she actually does, like, reach for a stake. Well, a broken piece of wood from when uh, Angel fucking threw her through that door. Yeah. Um, and uh, Angel, like, stops her and is like, get dressed, get out. You did me a favor, I'm doing you one. So just leave. Um, this uh, this shakes her quite a bit. And um, one thing, and Darla's immediately like, just kind of feels betrayed, and she says, like, I trusted you, um, and uh, I don't feel sorry for her, nope. but that does immediately make Angel realize that was one of the last things that Kate said on the phone, and um, he, he, like, puts together, like, oh, shit, yeah, she's in trouble, and rushes to save her. You know, epiphany is the word that obviously gets thrown around in this episode a lot. Uh, but the other, like, really underlying theme is trust. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, this it's here between Angel and Darla. It comes up between Angel and Kate. And, of course, um, it's a big part of uh, his his arc with uh, the rest of the team. Um, and even the, the little plot we get between Lindsay and Darla 
um, is about trust, too. Yeah. Also, um, I guess it should just be noted that since Angel did not lose his soul after having sex with Darla, that means that he was not absolutely happy. Mm -hmm. Nope. Darla, that is one unsatisfied customer right there. Just because he came doesn't mean he liked it. (laughs) Oh, God, what's that song? The X's and O's. The, um... The, the, what's that line in X's and O's like they always want to come but they never want to leave X's and O's I know the song but I, was I, I, I like it's familiar but I don't know it like well enough to be like yeah I'm... and uh, as right before Angel leaves he does say um, oh next time I see you I'm going to kill you gosh where have we heard that before <laughs> haven't we heard Buffy Say that 800 times to Spike? (laughs) One toxic relationship at a time. Okay, fair Fair enough, fair enough. So Angel does get to Kate's apartment, um, knocks on the door, she doesn't answer, he kicks in the door, rushes in, and, uh, like, sees Kate, sees, like, the pills and the booze, and so, like, just stands her up in a shower and just tries to get her back to consciousness. I'm sure after that she probably does a nice little... Oh, yeah. Um, probably not even in the toilet. She's probably just still in that shower. Uh, well, I mean, it's got a drain, so yeah. Uh, Listen, as someone who's puked in a shower, I've thrown up in the shower. Well, okay, this is so gross, and I'm really sorry about this. So, listeners, if you don't want to hear a really nasty story, just you know, hit your little skip button. They skip forward like just a little bit, and it's like, and then there's just vomit everywhere. Well, when I was in high school, I had. Uh, I think it was the flu. I was really sick for a couple of weeks with uh, with it. And um, I was in the bathroom, uh, sitting on the toilet, as one does when that is happening. And it's happening um, pretty explosively. Yeah. Um, and then I realized I'm going to throw up. But I cannot stand, because all that's still happening. So it was li- coming out of both ends. It literally, I leaned over and just puked into the bathtub. And it, like, like you, I mean literally coming out of both ends at the same time. Not the euphemism. And then, like, finally, once it was all done, <laughs> I was like, you know, like, after you've thrown up, you, you're pale and you're sweaty and you're... Uh, Probably you're, like, crying, crying. I was definitely crying. Yeah. I, like, went, I was, like, 17. I went to my mom and I was like, Mom, I threw it in the bathtub. And she was like, why? And I was like... Do other things in the toilet. <laughs> like, oh, you don't awful. ask why if you're in that shape, Jesus. I, I don't think she asked why. I, I I probably just preferred the information. But you know, it's it's times like that when American bathrooms are superior to British bathrooms because I feel that a lot of flats in Britain, um, they have like the two separate rooms, one oh, right. with a shower and one with a toilet. Your water closet. Yeah. So like. Uh, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, happened. there was a trash can right next to me that I also could have used, but it was in the heat the, of the moment. It was the heat of the moment. <laughs> I just did what my body said to do. Anyway, uh, apologies, listeners, for that truly disgusting. Usually, I usually am disgusting, but um, not I, that direction. You know, is it weird that stuff like that doesn't bother me? I just kind of like accept that, like you were sick. It doesn't, that it do, it's not the thing, it doesn't bother me either, but I do recognize that it does bother me. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure it's a trigger, yeah. So like, I'm like, you know, it's um, Anyway. He, yeah, uh, yeah, but Angel, um, Angel is able to like get Kate back to consciousness and um, she says, uh, thank you. 
Mm-hmm. Now leave. Now get out. And he's like, all right. <laughs> I, I lot- totally get it. Yeah. I have a lot to say about Kate in this episode, but we'll save it for the end. Um, Lindsay uh, goes to his apartment, sees Darla standing there, and um, he says that uh, Wolfram and Hart had an emergency meeting um, after everything that uh, after everything that happened at the senior partner meeting. That uh, she's basically they need to stake her on site. Um, I really wish we could have seen Lila, any Lila in this episode oh. after after Lindsay clocked her immediately yeah. and she said, stake the bitch. Um, yeah. Actually, also, I just want to point this out because I didn't really realize it until you just said that. Like, all that stuff from the last episode happened... Like, hours ago. Hours ago. Yeah. And the, the, the time span of this episode is... With the exception of like the very very end, two or three hours yeah, at it's the most. Same, yeah, it's the same it's night. The same night. Like, what a night! What a night! Oh, what a night! <laughs> Got to go and save my friends. Had an epiphany. Oh, what a night! Nice. Do, 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 do. Uh, I like music. <laughs> I, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, he also notices that. Um, he notices something's wrong. He also notices that Darla actually is holding a ring in her hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees it, and it is the band of Black Nil, which um, is the uh, ring that the senior partner wore. Yep. Um, and when turned into fucking ash, uh, Angel was able to use it to ride the elevator of sadness. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. an elevator. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, do you take elevators a lot? I, I try to take the stairs as often as possible. Me too. Um, just, I actually um, just for like health. Yeah, like so. Also, I, went to I go don't see, care for elevators. I went to go see the Lizzie show uh, twice at the Mex, mm-hmm. and uh, I took the stairs. Um, well, I took the stairs both ways uh, the first time. The second time, I like went with some friends, and uh, they did not want to take the stairs. And when we got into the um, the elevator. I was like. God, this is so slow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I find that the stair- most people don't normally take the stairs. So yeah. it's nice to not have to stand in like a box with people. Yeah. Not that I'm like anti-people, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. Elevators are also, especially just in our current, you know, pandemic world. I don't necessarily want to be in elevators with people. Fair yeah. enough. I will take an elevator if I'm going to like an outrageously high floor. Um, or something like that. But if I'm going up one or two, like, flights, you know, I think if I'm, if I'm going up more than maybe five or six flights of stairs, I think that's, I'll take an elevator. Um, it also depends on my mood. There are some days where I'm just like, yeah, fuck it, I'll walk up a bunch of stairs. I'll almost always take stairs down. Well, <laughs> that's easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a stairs guy. Yeah. I, um... Especially like, uh, and I think I developed that habit um, at UPS when um, I got to the building that I worked at. And, uh, you know, there's an elevator that goes up like um, three flights, but it's also like very large floors at UPS. So Mm -hmm. it's like you take the stairs and it's, it's much it's much longer three flights than it is for like an an office building. but, you know, everybody wanted to take the elevator because, you know, you're going into you're going into work or you're coming out of work. So, yeah, the stairs just were always quicker. And also, I mean, 
you know, get those steps in, baby. Yeah. It's actually funny. At work, we did a couple weeks ago, we had like auditions and I was in charge of like, like there's no public access to our building. So we had to have someone like in the main lobby, letting people in and then giving them directions to our office. And I had everyone take the elevator because the elevator would open up exactly where they needed to be. So it was, it was much easier saying, take the elevator to two and you're right where you need to be rather than going, okay, go up these stairs and go to two whatever. Don't go to the first one labeled two because that will set off an alarm. And then once you're at the right one, then you have to go down. But that also just kind of meant that anytime I needed to run up, I was also taking the elevator because I didn't want to like encourage anyone like trying to take <laughs> don't the take the stairs so <laughs> but uh yeah darla has um darla has this band of black nil and uh Lindsay's like where did you get this and uh and she says like it doesn't work and he's like well yeah because um the firm put a whole bunch of disenchantment spells on it where did you get it and darla says oh it was payment interesting yeah so she's really she's really leaning into that i used to be a prostitute <laughs> really um, <laughs> but uh yeah and so that's when he says give me all the details she's or it's like tell me everything she's like, you want details Lindsay? pervert and yeah that's what i said <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, he's sorry like, i still just he's, joke. Like, he's like yeah i want all the details tell me how it how it felt when he touched you tell me what is what his kisses taste like? Tell me everything about his body and his penis. <laughs> Darling, tell me what it felt like to be held in his strong, muscular arms. He does have good arms. <laughs> Is his back as muscular as I imagine it to be? You know, I actually feel like my arms have gotten a little bigger as of late. Because yeah. um, I've been, like, been trying to work out and I've been also been, Pumping like, that iron. I mean... Uh, I do when I can, um, but I actually try to do push-ups every day, mm. um, and I like worked my way up from like fifteen to being able to do like thirty a day. So, nice. um, but yeah, and like I've been getting a lot more protein in the diet too. Nice. So it's funny because I've definitely over the last few years I've, I've picked up a little weight in my midsection, but I've still got these scrawny bird arms, <laughs> <laughs> these sweet D arms. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, no muscle here. <laughs> Although I actually do have pretty muscular legs. Like, yeah, I think I do as well. <laughs> just because, like, I mean, you know, you walk around enough and yeah. that happens. Um, what so, a picture I painted of myself. I've got muscular legs, doughy middle, and bird arms. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you want, based on that description alone, draw a picture of Harrison and send it to boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. <laughs> All the ones that we love, which will probably be all of them, we will post on our socials. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Also, and if you want to add like bird feathers, <laughs> do it. All right. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so Angel goes to like the one person who probably will talk to him at this point, And that is uh, Lorne, yeah. who uh, he does go to Caritas. Lorne comes out in a... In a, in a in an ex- silk robe yeah uh, what, what's the word i wanted for like uh expectedly like what, what um like something that you'd expect um um i mean i don't know it's not what you're looking for but there's like it's 
It's like, oh, it's I, very of, in character. It, yeah, it's like, of course he's going a very appropriate. Yeah, uh, yeah. A very appropriately uh, posh uh, silk robe, and uh, um, he does say, uh, he does say, like, all right, keep your pants on. Opens <laughs> the, like door opens, and uh, an angel walks, and he's like, all right, it might be a little too late for that. <laughs> what I love about this is apparently Angel's aura is so loud right now. <laughs> Lauren doesn't even need to hear him sing. Yeah, he knows, like, oh, I see you fucked our life. But yeah, and uh, so now Lauren is telling him, like, hey, man, you did it. You hit rock bottom, and now you're moving, and now you're moving on. And it's like, and and, uh, Angel says, like, well, what am I supposed to do now? He's like, do I look like I'm hearing voices? I've never been your link to the powers that be. That's important because mm-hmm. it seems like um, I feel like we've kind of like maybe hinted before that Lauren was a an agent of the powers, but yeah, doesn't really seem that way now. He's more like a independent force. Yeah, uh, I well, I still think that, I'm sure there's some link to it. Yeah, I still I personally think that, and it's all very vague. Like mm-hmm. it really, like I don't think there's a right or wrong answer necessarily. I do think Lauren's powers do connect him with... Lauren's abilities connect him with the powers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I, but he is not meant to be Angel's link to the powers. Right. Cordy is. Yeah. Um, I, Lauren can be there as a, as a consultant, as a guide, but that's not what his role is meant to be within this story or this world um that's what cordy's put and that's what he says he's like you got rid of your link to the powers exactly yeah. you little dipshit and <laughs> yeah and um he's like what well i can't can't fix this at all and he's like well don't go immediately back to brood town um <laughs> because that's what got you into this whole mess in the first place but he does that's when lawrence says like kind of the thing that um is uh probably my favorite part of the episode when he said when angel says like he doesn't think he can go back and he's like well no you can't go back all you can do is go forward with this experience that you've had and that Mm -hmm. that just applies to life it's yeah like it it's good advice yeah people think that um if they fuck up in a major way that they need to work their way back to where they were before the fuck up but the truth is is that Typically, if it's something that gives you that sort of experience, you don't work your way back to that. Mm-hmm. You have to incorporate it into your life and mm-hmm. move forward with that. And typically, the good way to do that is to realize the lessons that you've learned along the way and, you know, go forward with being a better person. Yeah. Also, just from a story perspective, too, like as we'll see at the end of the episode, the, they don't try to just go, oh, and the gang goes back to work for Angel. Like, that's not going to work. Like, too much has happened for that to work. And the where they everyone ends up at the end of this, it feels like a much more earned place. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Lauren also does say that, uh, look, you didn't kill those lawyers. Those lawyers were going to die no matter what. Powers that be would have just preferred that you weren't involved with it. Right. Yeah, that's a really interesting wrinkle. But I... I don't know. It feels... I don't I don't know how I feel about it. Let's talk it through. That's what we do here. That's mm-hmm. our jobs. Um, that we're not being paid for. Um, 
in an episode that feels a lot about free will in a lot of ways, especially in how Angel and Kate, what they discuss at the end. Also, um, tying into like the elevator of sadness. Right. Yeah. This all like these the lawyers were always going to die feels a bit antithetical to the rest of what the episode is about. And um, I don't know if it matters much in the long run, but it. it I don't. I don't know. I, it feels well. You have to think if Angel hadn't have been there. Like all Angel did was, pr- like all Angel did was close those doors. Okay. Like those lawyers still would have died because Darla and Drusilla were still there. So you're right. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the lawyers, um, Holland and his group, like they were the ones that brought Darla about and brought Drusilla into the mix as well. So they were kind of like paying for their own hubris. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just that like Angel had that. Just the fact that he could have helped them but didn't. Yeah. Um, so it's and, it's less of a predestination. Those lawyers were always going to die, but the chain of events that they put set into motion yeah. led to their own deaths. Mm-hmm. Angel just happened to be there and shut didn't that do door. Anything. And yeah. Okay. I feel a lot better about that I'm now. I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you. Nice. Um, Which that is. Batman Begins. Begins. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was trying. I was like, I know it's not the Dark Knight, but I couldn't remember if it was Rises or Begins. Oh, of course, because it's when Ra's al Ghul's on the train and he, mm-hmm. he's just like, bye bye, <laughs> bye Ra's, <laughs> bye Mister Al Ghul, <laughs> Mister Al Ghul. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't talk to Mister Al Ghul right now. He has an appointment in the Lazarus Pit. <laughs> um so uh but yeah and angel so i guess that's supposed to be comforting um angel is like oh i don't know like how i'll be able to fix this and he's like well i mean you might not you have to you have to come to terms with the fact that you might not be able to fix it it's like oh you think they won't forgive me he's like i don't know if they'll survive the night uh Bum bum bum. I and love then the we idea go to... that Lauren's just like, he's like, okay, wait for the perfect, the most dramatic moment. Wait for the perfect moment. He, there it is. There's your opening. Still not the most <laughs> uh, drama queen moment in the episode. Gosh, in an episode full of them, quite frankly. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I completely forgot because so much has happened in between when we saw Cordelia taking the call from the, from Mrs. Sharp and. To now, when we see her driving, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a thing that's happening right yeah. now. Well, it's also just easy to forget because this storyline with the, um, what are they called? The Skilosh. Skilosh, yes. Um, this Skilosh demon storyline has been happening, like, in the background yeah. of the last couple episodes, mm-hmm. which I love. I love that this, just, this thread has just been there, like simmering it's like oh yeah we totally took care of it like the girl doesn't have the eye anymore girl's Um, dead girl's dead yeah they even threw in a brother for her to be dead cordelia (laughs) discovers as she walks in she sees the entire family dead um and uh i mentioned and it's really funny that it kind of came back later i mentioned like come on cordelia house with all the lights off door is slightly ajar nobody's answering when you first say hello 
you should know better. And Harrison's like, nothing's stopping her from getting her money. <laughs> and the, it's funny that like the team makes a joke about that later. Um, but yeah, uh, she's nothing if not consistent. Cordy, Cordy. Cordy sees like the dead Sharp family, and then has a vision of a Skilosh demon uh, right behind her. And when she's done with the vision, she turns around and sees the Skilosh demon right behind her, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and says, "Oh, thanks, that helps." <laughs> hilarious honestly kind of like honestly that vision prevented her from potentially getting herself to safety like there's a chance if she hadn't gotten the vision she might have like heard them or seen them and maybe that was the point maybe the powers needed her there to get everyone but still they're uh, dicks those powers when cordelia awakens because of course she's knocked out um, when Cordelia awakens, she sees the demons do have the eye on the back of their head. So she's like, oh, you're like the, you're like that girl. And, um, and they keep saying that like, uh, oh, you, you killed our spawn. She's like, uh, excuse me, I haven't killed any spawn. Um, and she's like, you got that eye on the back of your head, just like that girl who we killed your spawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, they say that, uh. They say that, like, oh, we found the wheeled one. Where's the other? And they're like, what other? What, what do you mean wheeled one? And I'm like, I- I'm going to give Cordy just, like, a pass because she's panicking she's at the panicking. moment. But who's the wheeled one? Come on. Um, In fairness, though, I don't, like, that's not very, um, uh, uh, that's such an ableist comment. It's not how you should refer to a person in a wheelchair. I mean, the wheeled one. I mean, look, the Skilosh obviously have Mm. a laundry list of character (laughs) defects. (laughs) I, I, I'm just imagining like a version of this where Cordelia is like, actually, the the proper (laughs) terminology is, um, but it's not the. Okay, this is yet another tangent, but it, um, there's an episode of the podcast My Dad Wrote a Porno, which I'm a big fan of. One of your favorites. Um, so good. But um, basically, t- uh, it's in the middle of this weird sp- espionage arc. Mm. <laughs> um, but the three of the major female characters, uh, Bella, Belinda, and Giselle, have been cornered by this villain who's got like a gun on them. And the character makes... Uh, a disparaging remark about the uh, about Bella's uh, body uh, and uh, like her weight, and the other two women like are like, "How dare you!" Like, just her fuller figure doesn't make her any less desirable or sexy. Like all the, like like yeah, like awesome moments. And like th- two of the characters are like, "Oh wow, this is like a really great positivity moment." And then Alice, the other host, is like, "Yes, but." They also have a gun pointed at them. Maybe this isn't the time <laughs> for the. Like, she's like, yes, I agree with all this, but priorities. <laughs> um. So, uh, so we go to Wesley, who's in his apartment. He hears some noises and uh, immediately thinks the worst. Uh, wheels himself over to Good reason. His, yeah, wheels himself over to his closet, uh, where he has a gun that he cannot reach. Um, he has it, a rifle. Gun is not hiding in his closet. <laughs> it's a shotgun. Fine. He has a <laughs> shotgun in his closet. Um, I would have. Said, he has a gun. I wouldn't have said he has gun. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, he has a shotgun in his closet, um, and uh, at first he can't reach it. He, like, uh, gets a broom and is able to, like, knock it down. And um, But, of course, there are no shells in it, so he has to get that as well. He's able to uh, fully, um, once he's finally able to knock the shells down, load his gun, um, goes to the door. It's kicked open by our boy, Angel. Yeah. And he's like, invite me in. I've never been here before. He's like, oh, well, why should I? And then the <laughs> ski launch break is like, yes, of course. Please come in. <laughs> yeah. I just love how badass Wesley is. I, I'm so proud of our boy, Wesley. I'm so proud of all of our gang this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, Wesley, what, a season ago, even if he was, even outside of his being in a wheelchair and being seriously, seriously injured, Wesley wouldn't have performed as well as he does in this week's episode. Well, I mean, and it's like, if we talk about the comment that he makes later about how Angel doesn't know what Cordelia's gone through, her growth in the time that they've been apart, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he she's not the only one. Like, yeah. they've had to become more resourceful and stronger without having their like vampire boss around mm-hmm. um and so they've all kind of like guns become more of a badass wesley has entered badass territory and cordelia's like beyond her like kind of selfish yeah for the most part yeah um like uh she's still <laughs> she's still vain yeah. uh but um but yeah and uh so they're able to kill the they're able to kill the two ski lash. um i love how uh Angel is trying to say, like, oh, like, how do you kill these things? Like, well, there are a variety of ways. Wesley! <laughs> and, uh, he's like, oh, dude, hack them to pieces. And, uh, and Angel's able to, like, grab an axe and, uh, hack up one. And, uh, and Wes, uh, shoots the other and gets it's a... It's so goopy! Gets a whole bunch of, uh, skilosh goop right to the oh, face. I love it. It's so gross. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's just right, that perfect amount of disgusting. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, but yeah, and, uh, I mean, Buffy Wiki kind of nails it on the head, hits the nail on the head. Angel is quickly invited in and the two are able to kill them and share a brief moment of camaraderie before the walls go back up again. Mm -hmm. That moment of, uh, where... They uh, do smile at each other after they've both killed their respective demon and, uh... It's Wesley whose wall, his wall goes up first. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, and you know... Angel, I'm, I'm pretty sure that moment Angel's like, oh man, this is easy, this is great. Um, but uh, yeah, then then uh, what follows is the awkward car ride. Yes. Um, so uh, um, they, they need to like find Cordelia and uh, Angel said that he already looked at her apartment and uh, Wesley's like trying to um, like give all the info about the ski lash and about like the girl that they helped and um, he says that uh, and Angel's like, oh, hey, you kept uh, kept the name, Angel Investigations. And uh, Wes is like, oh, we're going to we're going to change it. Um, yeah, it's it's so awkward, like especially when uh, Angel's like, oh, I uh, I recently got a gut wound myself. <laughs> um, you know, it, was a, it was an old timey sword, you know, who stabbed me. He's like, Darla. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I just I love that. It was like, well, it's funny because I was like, wait, what? Which wound is he referring to? And then when he, Wesley had the darla, I was like, oh, of course, yeah. So much stuff has happened. So since much stuff. Then. But I do just love it. It's like you're never gonna believe who stabbed me. Obviously, Darla stabbed you. Like I'm not an idiot, Angel. Yeah, and Angel's like, oh, I know how to get to your office. And was like, oh yes, you showed up one time and stole a book. 
Yeah. Uncomfortable. Um, and, yeah, it's like... And this is what Angel's been... This is what Angel does wrong in this episode. He, mm-hmm. like... He, he tries to go... When you've done... Which, he tries to act like nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, it, which kind of gaslights him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I don't know if that term existed when this episode came out. Uh, I mean, I don't think it was in as popular sh- use, but the okay. term comes from a film uh, from the 1940s called Gaslight. Okay. Um, where basically it's a woman is um, being driven insane by her husband who is... Um, uh gosh i i can't remember the exact details but it involves like a gas light okay that he's either lighting or putting out but then like constantly telling her like it's the opposite and until like it completely See, drives her mad that's so strange that that term has been there and yet i feel like i haven't really heard about it I hadn't really heard it really until like the last 10 years, maybe even a shorter span than that. Yeah. But then again, a lot of like douchey male behavior has been called out more. Exactly. In in, like these, in this, in these last 10 plus 10 or so years. Yeah. I think the term's always been there, but it's just recently we've started examining the behaviors Mm -hmm. um, as a society. Uh, But yeah. And like, you know, Angel, Angel needed to like, just be all about like helping helping them and not try to be like hey we're friends again right yeah um because that would have been too easy um they get to the uh they get to the office um she's not cordelia's not there and uh wesley starts to worry and angel's like well you know she could just be like out on a date or out with some friends and stuff and that's when wesley says like like oh you don't know cordelia at all um she's like she has she has to deal with the visions that were meant to help you mm-hmm. and uh she can't get away from those visions and most of her time is spent trying to like help the people in those visions yeah um so yeah i was so glad that this was here because honestly i think this is a i think this is the hearing this from wesley is the turning point for angel mm-hmm. i think this is the moment where he realizes like oh these people are not the same people i left i cannot just put myself back in their lives yeah without acknowledging what's happened um and it's it, and I, I love that it's it's cordelia who is like that catalyst for him but through wesley yeah like um uh and you know gun has his moments later in the episode where he gets to call angel out as well um, but their relationship is much newer. It's, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's Cordelia and Wesley have a history with Angel that is far longer than guns. So, yeah. um, I think everyone's level of reactions to all of this is appropriate to what the individual relationships are, which is just, that's just good writing. It is. <laughs> um, the Skilosh demons are, uh, mad they said like two more are lost and originally cordelia thinks that <laughs> oh no you got wesley and gun she's like oh you mean two of you guys all right <laughs> yeah i mean oh no that's horrible and and they're like um cordy cannot keep her foot out of her mouth she can't and uh, unfortunately this does lead the ski lodge to <sighs> implants their spawn into her head yes which as wesley does reveal it when it like has enough time to grow and 
gestate, a word that gun hates. Um, <laughs> For good reason. It'll hatch out of your head. Yeah. It's so, an alien, but, you know, from the skull. Yeah. It's, um, and, you know, part of me is glad that we didn't see that, but another part of me is like, God, can you just imagine the visual effects that, uh, like, the, mm. especially if they're, like, practical effects that are used for that, like, you're talking Cronenberg level right there. Oh, so Cronenberg. Like, 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 scanners when the guy's head explodes. I think there is, speaking of Alien, I think there is, like, um, a comic or, it's it's not, like, a, an official, like, it's n- certainly not one of the films. Um, I don't think, like, a video. I think it's a comic, but there is, like, a something where like the imp- the alien like implantation goes weird and like the the alien like the is it's in, a like, head burster it's a head burster um and i like i want to see that in a movie the, the closest the movies i mean the movies always do chest bursters except for i think it's alien covenant does the one that comes out of the from the woman's back that's from me was it prometheus it's uh, one of those two. Yeah. Where I, they, they... Well, uh, see, right now I'm thinking, like, because there's the girl who got, like, who got, like, the alien inside of her, but then she, like, surgeryed it out. Right. Her. That's uh, Numi Rapace's. That that's Prometheus. That's Numi Rapace's yeah. character, the, mm-hmm. like, the main character. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely Prometheus. I think it's Covenant, where, where the chest burster is, like, I've a literally burster. only seen that the one time with you. Uh, <laughs> we saw it in theaters. And it was literally just like, oh, hey, here's aliens with different characters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah, and so Cordelia does get implanted with their spawn. So uh, that is the second time that she has been... Impregnated, impregnated by demons on this show. Yay! Um, she brings up the first time and says it wasn't great, so <laughs> that's not great. Um, but, uh, yeah, and so um, Gunn does show up, and, uh, yeah, he's obviously pissed that Angel's there, um, and he sees that, like, uh, Wesley and Gunn are, like, you know, thick as thieves. They're buddies! Um, and a I think this romance is, going yeah, on. Yeah, and I think this is like overdone just a little bit. Uh, I mean, not to say that that relationship hasn't been building because yes, obviously, Wes did take the bullet for Gun, and they have been growing closer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, this uh, this is clearly done just to kind of like oppose Angel. Yeah. I am all about them being friends. I'm all about this bromance that's budding. I am not about this. Dumbass handshake. handshake that they've got. Yeah. They do twice. Yeah. Because, so, well, I will say, I do think Wesley would be fucking stoked to have a secret handshake with Gunn. I, I think the second Wesley suggests that, <laughs> Gunn's like, absolutely not. Although maybe not. Maybe he was like, you know what? Normally no. But you did take a bullet for me. So I guess, all right. Headcanon accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, um, it's over the top. The way yeah, it, and it's that one detail that pushes it too far for me. Exactly, yeah. It, it, it's really just kind of meant to, like, just show, very quickly show Angel how close Wes and Gunn have gotten. Yeah, which I think the dialogue does does it mm-hmm. just fine. But, uh, but yeah, and so um, they're like, oh, ch- uh, we need to, like, uh, check Cordelia's pad. And uh, <laughs> Angel says... I already looked at her apartment. She wasn't there. And Gun, um, this is funny, even though it is kind of mean. It's like kind of going out of your way to be mean. He's like, oh, did you enjoy your trip to the 1970s? <laughs> I meant her notepad. 
and they see the sharps address on there and um, they're like oh we need to like go and find her and angel's like wait a minute guys like why would it makes no sense why would cordelia go to this place alone and not call you guys and both both gun and wesley at the same time say they owe us money she's like Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> they know their girl. They do. Um, um, I also do like when uh, they're looking at the pad. He's Angel's like, he's like, okay, we'll do a rubbing and find out what she wrote. And uh, Gun's just like, or. We can look at the carbon. We can look at the carbon. Okay. So for the kids, for the kids <laughs> listening, for the kids listening, carbon paper was when basically you had multiple sheets of paper with all like the same stuff on it. And when you wrote on it, it like wrote on each copy, mm-hmm. uh, which is very helpful if you needed to like fill out forms that need to go different places. When I worked at the Kentucky Center, um, when we filled out forms for uh, patrons with accessibility needs, those forms needed to go to various departments. So we had a, like a three sheet carbon paper um, where you'd fill it out and they'd get filed to the various places. It was very, uh, very, very, a, a very 80s system. That one day I said, enough. We have computers. <laughs> and I created a Google form that just automatically emailed the information to the appropriate parties. Nice. But um, before, you know, before that technology was readily available to everyone, carbon paper was a great way of, of triplicating or duplicating information. And it also easily. works for, uh, like, in retail. Um, when I worked in retail, we did use... Uh, like a two layer um, mm-hmm. receipt for credit card transactions. Yeah. So that way like person signed it, they would typically get like the carbon and we would get like the one mm-hmm. that they signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, there's that. Yeah. It, I, I cannot... it, it's kind of gone the way of the dinosaurs mm-hmm. since um, most credit card transactions are like monitored through apps and everything. Exactly. So... I think literally the last time I have encountered carbon paper was when I killed its use at the Kentucky <laughs> Center. I thought you were about to say, when I killed a man and left him a receipt for it. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, they are... So they're driving uh, to the Sharp House, and uh, but the Skilosh do attack uh, the car, and um, so... Angel decides to leave and be like, take my cargo. It, I'll take care of these guys. If we don't, they'll just swarm us at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, all that matters is getting to Cordelia. This is so great because, once again, just showing how his, his perspective is changing. Earlier in the episode, he thought, if I just save Wesley, that's enough. We'll be friends again. Here, he's like, he's, he's learning. He's like, no, that's not enough. Like, I'm going to do the right thing not the the quick and easy thing. not the quick and easy thing and it's it's what he's i think it's kate who's talking to about later he talks about how it's like i was doing it for a reward i was doing it to beat the other guy i was doing yeah. it for all these reasons not the right reasons. this feels genuine and uh-huh. not like when he's trying to like oh like rub the carbon or whatever yeah uh, just to try to be helpful mm-hmm. um however he doesn't get a chance to fight the skilosh demons because a good old one-handed drama queen Lindsay shows up and is in a beat-up pickup truck and just runs over Angel multiple times. What a dick. 
Yeah, and uh, when he gets out, uh, he has ditched the suit entirely and has gone to his uh, country road uh, roots. Okay, so my gay agenda this week it's not Lauren being like wish you were wearing leather pants while pointing directly at or staring directly at Angel's penis it's it's not Lindsay's obvious attraction to Angel and wanting all those details from Darla um, it's not any of the obvious choices the gay agenda is how weirdly horny I was for Lindsay in this like the 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 jeans the um the flannel the the the, the you know the flannel the uh, the, the um the uh it's God, ugh, I don't want to call it the word that I'm thinking of the tank top the, yeah the white tank not the other phrase that yeah. is and the sledgehammer oh damn I don't know I don't know what I mean I know what it was I just <laughs> described all of it it's all <laughs> working for me I would. He's really hot in this scene. Is there anything... And there's something about it, too, that he's, like, kind of pathetic that also is working for me. It's like... oh, So, I was about to um, say, like, is there anything that just doesn't make you horny? And I know that the... I know that, like, the answer is probably yes. Um, But, uh... (laughs) Although sometimes they do, if they're very talented. I I was thinking of, um... I was thinking of, like, an episode of Family Guy when, um... When Stewie is uh, Cleveland and Quagmire, like, chained up in a basement watching, uh, watching, like, a TiVo tutorial on repeat, and, uh, and, uh, Quagmire says, like, is it, is it weird that this is turning me on? And Cleveland says, is there anything that doesn't turn you on? And Quagmire says, people who refer to trash as rubbish. <laughs> and he's like, really? He's like, yep, not a thing. <laughs> so it's just, like... All of Britain. Just out. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Um, the, yeah. And uh, yes, Lindsay does eventually get out of the pickup truck and uh, starts beating Angel with a sledgehammer. Um, so, yeah, like, I think he's projecting. <laughs> Do you? I think you might be right, sir. Um, yeah, like, we've always known that he's been a fucking simp for Darla, but... Jesus Christ, man, you have got to get over it. Oh, my God. Which is what Angel basically tells them. It's like... Yeah, yeah. Um, he, and he he does get a lot of hits on Angel um, with that sledgehammer. But And then when he's done, he like, says, like, oh, I'm not going to tell you anything. Then, he, like, uh, Lindsay goes to the truck and grabs a steak. But as he does that, he forgets that Angel is a vampire. And your, like, puny little human strength isn't going to isn't going to keep him down for long. And uh, he ends up hitting... Uh, does he, like, hit Lindsay with the sledgehammer, or...? Uh, not until... Yeah. Not until he the He just final punches hit. him, and yeah. he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, Lindsay. I really am. I'm sorry that she'll never love you. I'm sorry that you made the wrong decisions. And, like, just beats the crap out of Lindsay. Slams his face into, like, the hubcap. Yeah. Oh, I love Lindsay's that. on the ground, and he's like... And uh, he's like, I really, truly am sorry. Takes the sledgehammer and, like, um, Lindsay's trying to reach for the stake with his uh, fake hand, and, with his prosthetic hand, and uh, Angel smashes it. And he's like, hey, it could have been the other one, but I've had an epiphany. Yeah. And I do believe a week ago, I, I do believe five hours ago, <laughs> Angel would have smashed the other hand. <laughs> like... um, but, uh, yeah, so... 
Meanwhile, while this is happening, uh, um, like, uh, Gunn and Wesley are at... Sorry, it's just so weird to talk about them in relation to Angel because it's right, been so we separate. haven't been. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, should we wait for Angel? I mean, should we really... And that's, like, a big thing that Gunn brought up. He's like, oh, you had an epiphany, like... It's convenient, you know, yeah. like uh, happens right when you need it or whatever. How do we know you're not gonna have another epiphany? And so it's just like, how do we know we can trust this guy anymore? And so like, oh, you know, we're not gonna wait for him. We're gonna go in and get captured. Yeah, there's a moment here that I really love when um, Wesley's wheelchair gets stuck, like in the in the grass, and West and Gun just helps him. Mm-hmm. That right there was a better. And more telling, like, friendship moment for the two of them than the silly handshake. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's those little details that are really matter in forming mm-hmm. these relationships. Yeah. Um, but yes, all three are captive. Uh, Cordelia does have that third eye, unfortunately. Um, but Li- uh, Angel does, in fact, borrow Lindsay's truck and drives it right through the house. Yeah. I had... I, I had a moment where I was like, oh, God, the Sharps are going to have so much to fix. And then I was like, oh, well, they're God. all dead. The Sharps <laughs> are all dead, including the son we didn't know they had. They just they just gave them another kid just for that kid to be dead. I like that. No. Not, I don't like dead kids. Uh, let me let me really rephrase that. I'm not good pro- old good old Chuck Cunningham. <laughs> not pro dead kids. But I, I, I appreciate when a work like this is willing to go there. But, uh, yeah, so Angel does crash Lindsay's truck through the house. Fortunately, there are the, uh, he has the sledgehammer as well, and just starts, like, smashing the hell out of all these ski lodge demons, and, uh, and, uh, with them occupied, uh, Wes and Gunn are able to, uh, remove the eye from the back of Cordy's head. Yay! And, uh, Angel kills all the demons, and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, no. He's like, you're not okay? And and she's like, uh, you hurt my feelings. Oh. Which so, really rocked Harrison. It does, no, it really does. Because it's, it's so... I feel like it's it's what Cordy has been wanting to say to Angel for, for weeks, for months. It's... The, for Cordy, this betrayal of Angel obviously is the deepest of the three. Um, she's known him the longest. Um, she and she and Angel had formed a pretty close relationship before Wesley, even Wesley came along. Um, you know, it is the two of them. That is the core, that is the core relationship here. And the, it's part of it is just the simplicity of you really hurt my feelings it's just straight to the core of it. None of the, none of her normal, like what we saw in the hospital. Glib, no, yeah. none of none of her glibness. None of her defensiveness. The walls are gone. It is just straight to the fact of you are the person I trusted the most in the world, and you let me down. Charisma just delivers it so well. Like I, I just. It's such a simple line, but I'm. I, there's so much in it. It is dripping with everything that has gone on between the two of them, and and yeah, and the fact that he's obviously asking her like, "Are you physically okay?" And she obviously is, other than just being a little banged up. But that's not what she cares about. It's it, for her. It's like, no, I'm not okay, and it's your fault. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, um, Lindsay does get home and uh, sees that Angel has returned his truck and left <laughs> <laughs> left a note that said thanks. That's it. He goes into uh, his apartment and sees that Darla's not there. So, um, yeah, Lindsay, I don't know if I've ever felt bad for you throughout the course of this series, but I sure don't feel bad for you now. Nah. Um, uh, Angel is then back at the Hyperion. I think he's at the Hyperion. It's the Hyperion. It's yeah. that, like, little courtyard. Yeah, and he's talking with Kate. Um, Kate has shown up and uh, looks like she's ready to just talk to him. And, uh, that's when, uh, he, Angel kind of, like, goes through all the stuff that he's realized over the past, like, 12-ish hours. (laughs) And, uh, and he says, he basically, he doesn't go into, like, the full details of the elevator of sadness, but gets his, uh, by the way, I'm, like, gonna use that going forward. I'm into it. I love elevator Um, of sadness. But, yeah, and, uh, he's, like there really isn't a greater plan. Like I was doing this because I thought that I was fulfilling this plan, fulfilling this prophecy. And at the end I'd get rewarded for it. Um, But in the end, it turns out that like, you know, there's no, it's not a fight. Like, like Holland said, um, it's not like we're not winning a battle. Like we don't do something like win because that implies that we could lose. Um, It just is a thing that's there. And um, Angel says something along the lines of, unfortunately, they don't have the actual quotes in here. They don't? No. Uh, But he says, I realize that since um, what we do doesn't matter, then all that matters is what we do. Even in, like, if there's no giant existential reason for things happening, um, then... uh, it's the little acts of kindness that have mm. the biggest impact. Yeah. And, you know, saying it now kind of makes me think, I don't know if I'm as um, completely, I mean, one could describe this as like an atheist point of view. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm like as cynical about it the way that Angel is, but I do kind of, Oh, that's well, so interesting that you consider this cynical. Well, I think there's a bit of cynicism mm-hmm. to it. Um, I, I, I think there's cynicism in regard to the fact that like there is no higher power, something like that. Um, but I do kind of that. I feel like that's kind of my worldview at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, you can make all the arguments for what's beyond, like what's some greater power has supposedly intended for us but the truth of the matter is is that it's what we do that matters like your actions it's your actions like you can say that you're acting through somebody else so that somebody else is acting through you but that's that's kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. like you're you're responsible for what you do and to be a good person you need to do good I mean, I, I realized that that's... Um, it's literally what my tattoo is about. Yeah, I, I, I realized that, like, that sounds fairly obvious, but, I mean... Yeah. It, it's just that, like, we, we... This world has, especially as of late, has just descended mm-hmm. into such a self-serving place and so much division, especially in our country, and we're, like, kind of forgetting the small acts of kindness. Yeah. 
What I take, and I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Um, my big takeaway, though, is a little different. Okay. Um, it's in that, you know, if if nothing we do matters, all that matters is what we do. Which is, when I think of Angel, there's two phrases that come to mind. It's that, and it's, we help the helpless. Yeah. Um, which are both integral to the, to the, to the, to the theme of the show. But I am, when I think about this scene, I'm less thinking about, higher power of it all or anything of that not that that's like i said it's not that what you're saying is wrong it's just i'm i'm looking at it from a different angle is that it's less for me it's more about how and that's why i just i don't think of it necessarily as uh as necessarily cynical but it's what that means to me what is that nothing we do matters meaning at the end of the day, there's no winning this fight. It's not about the winning. It's not about, you know, eradicating evil once and for all. All that matters is what we do, meaning like, but that doesn't mean we don't fight. We still, like, we still, we're never going to win, but we're not going to lay down and 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 roll over. We're going to keep like, fighting. That's like as perfect of an encapsulation of angel the series yeah. as you can get yeah um and that's I, that's why i'm you know i know angel is sometimes considered by some people to be inferior to buffy and i do prefer buffy but i don't i would never call it inferior especially when we're talking about things like this yeah. it's so thematically mm-hmm. rich um yeah no um yeah they're Obviously, the quality of Buffy and Angel, yeah. um, it, it varies. Like any television yeah, show. Not everything's a hit. There yeah. are some misses. Sometimes but... you have the first six episodes of season three of Lost, and you just have to deal with it. But there are... Um, there are... Uh, the... There are highs in Angel that can match the highs of Buffy. Yeah. Um, in quality. So Kate hears all this, but she says that she thinks that there is a higher power that's watching out for them. And Angel seems confused, but it's like, somebody's got to be helping you because I never invited you into my apartment. And Angel's a little shook by that. Yeah, I'm a little Um, shook by that. What do you make of that? So, well, first of all... Because the show will never explain how that's possible. So here's the thing. I always thought that um, even back in the last episode of Angel that uh, Kate just moved into her dad's apartment. Okay. Um, now, I don't I don't think... But then I think of that, but at the same time, I don't think Angel was ever invited to into Trevor Lockley's apartment, which mm-hmm. is why he died. Yeah. Because yeah, Lock- Trevor wouldn't, wouldn't invite him in. Um, so... I don't know. Maybe it, um, like you said, it's never really brought up again in the series, but I think um, it is kind of like this reminder to Angel, who seems to be very much at this moment like, oh, there is no like higher power. There is no grand plan. They're like, well, there is a higher power. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's not going to work in the ways that you think it's going to. It's kind of like the TARDIS. It doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't take, take you where, where you, you want to go. go. It takes you where you need to go. Yeah. Um, God, I love that episode. So good. Uh, written by my boy Neil Gaiman. So good. Um, but uh, yeah, and so 
I've always been the two the two prevalent theories I've always heard, saw was that one, Kate died, that like like Kate was dead, which is why he was able to come in, and she, and somehow Angel was able to resuscitate her. Mm-hmm. Which is fine as far as theories go. I don't mind it. But I actually do prefer the second theory that I've always heard, which is that the powers intervene. The powers intervene. And allow the rules well, to be bent and you just have this to think, And you have to think, like, this is the first good thing that he tried to do following hate fucking Darla. Yeah. So if he hadn't have succeeded in that, then he might not have gone. Like, mm. he may have, like, just kind of tumbled into despair. Yeah. But he was able to save Kate first. And then he was able to save Angel Investigations. Yeah. So here at the end of this scene of Kate, I'm gonna I'm just gonna lay it out here for our audience. This is the last we are gonna see of Kate Lockley on the television show Angel, the series. Um, Elizabeth Rom left the show to join Law and Order. Um, good for her. Yeah. Um, she's got some. She's got some Law and Order esque experience. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily gonna miss Kate. We've had misgivings about her. Yeah. Um. I, it, what she started off as a very potentially really good side mm-hmm. character, but what happened post really Trevor Lockley? Her. Yeah. And while, while I will say she went out on a good note. Mm-hmm. Um. It was kind of too late to really make me invested in any further storylines with her. I agree. I'm right there with you. I I think they end her story on a good note. I feel I like this Kate again. Yes, it's closure. Finally. Um, after really disliking her for a while. Um, but I'm also just like, it's okay. I'm not heartbroken that we'll never see her again. Um, I, uh, Kate does show up in some uh, some comics. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what she does in them. The ones that I've read. <laughs> See, I'm getting a... In, in my head, I'm trying to remember which ones she shows up in. And I think I'm getting her mixed up with another blonde character that shows up later in the series. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, I know that she is definitely in mm-hmm. the comics. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Um just those blondes, Some man. The blondes. Um, but now Angel, this the episode ends with Angel doing what he should have done in the first place, and he goes and apologizes, mm-hmm. and uh, and they say like, "Oh, I don't think we're ready." Um, and Angel like says, "Hey, I don't want you guys to come back and work for me." And at first, Wesley's a little disappointed. Fuck you, Dick. Like, like oh, really? <laughs> He's like, "No, I want to work for you." And they're like, well, why, um, like, why would you want to work for us? And he says, like, because I think I can help. And that's what, that's in the end, that's what it's all about. It's about helping the helpless. And, uh, and, uh, they say that, um, it's like, oh, you don't know you can, like, uh, well, how do we know we can, like, trust you and that you won't, like, screw us over again? He's like, well, I guess I'll just have to earn that back. Yeah. Which, hey, Angel, you're finally saying all the right shit. Yay. And uh, Cordelia's initially like, no, 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 and has a vision. Um, and she's like, huh, why am I not on the ground? And that's because Angel caught her. Yeah. And I love that detail because the last several episodes have played Cordelia getting a vision. 
and falling down, falling down as a joke. And like, uh, so I like that they, it, those are, I mean, it's still funny, but like paying that off here in this moment um, doesn't necessarily mean everything's instantly forgiven, but it is step and one. Yeah, and there's going to be like some, as we move forward, there will be some uh, awkward moments. Oh, uh, sorry. I just really love this last line on the wiki. The reunited team sets out to help the helpless. There you go. Aww. And you know what? That is that is epiphany. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. We're back, baby. Um, but yeah, uh, what are your thoughts? Closing thoughts. I just think this episode does such a good job of reuniting the team in a way that feels earned. Uh, that doesn't just go back to the status quo that creates a new status quo. Um I, 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 like I said, I like that it ends out Kate's arc on, um, a positive note for the character. Um, I'm intrigued to see when, if slash when we might see Darla again, since she seems to have vanished here at the end of this this episode. Um, and yeah, and I, I love watching Angel's journey throughout this episode of, fucking up and figuring out what the right thing is and messing up again and but like it's messy but it's the right kind of messy yeah and it's it's the thing i've I, it's been it's something i haven't been able to say during these episodes where they're separated where it's like the length of their separation is important because it makes all of this really work. Yeah. Do I wish that some of those episodes were stronger? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I do think they kept the gang apart for the exact right amount of time. Um, I appreciate that Angel doesn't lose his soul. And in fact, gains perspective at the beginning of this episode. I wouldn't have wanted this to just become Buffy season two, 2.0. Um, it's a, it's an entirely different kind of moral quandary for the character and for the, the group as a whole. Um, I think it's a great episode. I think it's just, it's taken this arc that we've been watching for this whole season and really brought it to a head. And it's, and we're not done. The season's not over. Yeah. We still More stuff some... still has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> especially some stuff that you guys might not expect. Yeah. Unless you've seen the season, in which well, case yeah. you, you know exactly what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, got a score for it? Oh, gosh. I'm like, is it a four and a half? Is it a five? And you know what? I'm feeling it right now. And by feeling it, I mean I'm feeling my bourbon. I'm giving it a five. There I'm giving it a fucking five. That's okay, a great episode. Enough. Yeah, um, I, I really like this episode as well. It's, it's one, it's nice to have a lighter episode <laughs> in the midst of all that we've been going through. Um, Imagine we're considering this a light episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, where we are with the darkness. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the stuff in this episode is really good. There are some... It does feel crowded. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree. At times. Some of the Lindsay stuff. Yes. The Lindsay stuff kind of feels really out of place. Like, um, especially... I know it was your gay agenda and you were all about that scene where he's like hitting Angel with the sledgehammer. But it really just kind of feels like, oh, we're doing this now. I agree. And, the... the the Lindsay Darla subplot is possibly something that could have been saved for the next episode. And you know, like, I, I honestly could have been fine with um, just the Lindsay Darla scenes, but mm. that Lindsay Angel scene, 
it, it really did feel like it was just right smack dab in the middle of everything else. Yeah, of everything else, and it kind of like disrupted the the flow of the episode just a little bit for me. Uh, that being said, I mean, after Angel took that beating, I was very happy to see him just like punch the shit out of Lindsay <laughs> a few times. Um, so yeah, that's gonna actually have me put it down to like a four out of five, but it's still like really strong. Um, episode, and I guess uh, four busted hands out of five. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, any other stuff you want to do before we take us out? I'm just so glad the gang's back together. And I'm, but we, I'm, we've still got some stuff to work yeah, through. Yeah, but that's... But we're definitely moving in the right direction. We're moving in the right direction. And yeah, and honestly, I'm excited to see them work through it. This is a... It's part of it is that these are four tremendous actors. Um, and the other half of it is that they are embodying really tremendous characters. And it's... So just finally getting them back together to have them, you know, that energy crackle off of each other. It's like, it's like a, over on Buffy when we get a, a great group scene of a debate about what to do. Like those, sometimes you just need to put really great actors in a room together with really great material. And I'm so fucking stoked. Yeah, uh, and, and I have to say, um, also I'm the, very tipsy. <laughs> the episodes following like a, um, like a reuniting of a gang, um, of a group. Um, trying to think of like one off the top of my head. Uh, God, like, first one that comes to mind might be Battlestar Galactica when Which I've um, seen, so yeah um but like season three when uh actually like there are a couple times when people are kind of like split up in that mm-hmm. it goes season two maybe when people are kind of like in factions one with President Rosalind the other one with uh um with Adama and uh but then there is like this threat that brings them back together and those few like episodes afterwards where it's like reestablishing the like this new status quo of like a stronger bond those are yeah it's like a plus stuff usually one that comes to mind for me was um on agents of shield um in my personal favorite arc of that show when they were um in the virtual reality ah yeah hydro world and some of the characters uh had been like had their minds rewritten and some were able to escape it and so it was like you had like the different factions of characters, um, some of who knew who their real identities were and who didn't, and I, I I really enjoyed that. And then yeah, and then after coming out of it, that like, um, it was uh, Fitz in particular who was like, holy shit, I did some really fucking evil mm-hmm. things, and yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, this is good. I'm <laughs> have some water, Jesus. All right, <laughs> in the words of uh, the words of Captain Kirk take us out yes thank you for joining us on booze and buffy we will be back next week with buffy season five episode 17 forever i'm jason you can find me on instagram at yami j357 and on twitter at just plain old yami j and i'm harrison you can find me on instagram at harrison alexander kaufman and on twitter at harrison kaufman that's spelled c-o-f-f-m-a-n and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us. Email us those pictures of Harrison <laughs> based on the description of himself that he gave earlier on in the episode. Uh, email us those at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. And in all those instances, the and is spelled out A-N-D. And don't forget to subscribe to us and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or 
wherever you listen to your podcasts. And each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the National Center for Transgender Equality. Good one for Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, the National Center for Transgender Equality advocates to change policies and society to increase understanding and acceptance of transgender people. In the nation's capital and throughout the country, NCTE works to replace disrespect, discrimination, and violence with empathy, opportunity, and justice. Visit www.transequality.org for more information. Yes. And, you know, right now in particular, uh, you know, uh, queer people are under attack in a way that feels like the 90s again. Um, And our transgender siblings in particular are, are facing the brunt of it. Um, so, you know, do what you can. It takes all of us. It's a scary time. It takes all of us to make things better. Yeah. And you know, if nothing we do matters, all that matters is what we do. So, as always, go slay! And be gay. Yes. Bye. Happy Pride.